Thanks for joining this episode of The Preacher Chick. I'm Stacy, The Preacher Chick, and today's episode is all about what I read over the summer. I believe that leaders are readers and readers are learners. So let's get ready. I have always loved reading. As a kid, I read all the time. And the older I got, the less I did. And then I allowed life and getting married and becoming a mom get in the way of reading like I enjoyed. But it was in 2009 that my love of reading was renewed when I came across a series of fictional novels by Ted Decker. And in 2009, from around, goodness, maybe March or April of 2009 until March of 2010, I read 21 of that man's books. I just really enjoy his writing style. And that kind of catapulted me back into my love of reading. So fast forward, and I'm in vocational ministry, and I have really picked up my reading, um, not because I have a lot more time to do it, but I have found that between reading some physical books and having a subscription to Audible, I have gotten a lot in and I've learned a whole lot. So I made it a goal of mine to not slow down in the summer, but to kind of amp up what I was reading. So I thought I would do uh, probably not a very long episode um, discussing and just sharing with you the books that I've read, the books that I'm reading, and what's on deck for me. Um, these aren't in any particular order that I read them or in how much I enjoyed them. These are just the books that I read this summer. Um, I do want to say that all of them are more about um, development or um, ministry focused for the most part. Um, but there's one that I'd started again to Decker. <laughs> so fiction, a novel that I have not finished. It's one that just if I have a little bit of time and I kind of want to check out, I'll play it on Audible and get um, a little bit of that in. And that is called The 49th Mystic. So I'm about halfway through that one. Anyway, as far as other books go, I am currently reading two books at the same time. Don't recommend doing that, but one is an audiobook and one is a physical book. And so as I have time, I listen or read a chapter. Um, the physical book that I'm reading, I received when I was at our fellowship's general council last month. And it is by missionary David Grant. The book is titled Born to Give, and it's his story. It's it's David Grant's life story. And I'm barely into it, but I know a little bit of his story because I've heard his testimony before. This is the, the man who co-founded, along with his wife, Beth, the ministry Project Rescue. And Project Rescue serves to rescue and restore women and children from sex trafficking, mainly in India and other European nations. It's a fantastic ministry. I love Project Rescue. Highly recommend you check it out and get involved in the fight against human trafficking. Um, also, so that's that's his story. And like I said, just getting into it. Um, the audiobook I'm currently in is called Developing Female Leaders by Katie Cole. 
I actually have this physical book sitting on my desk in my organizer um, because it's one that I have had for a little over a year and a half, I guess, and I really wanted to read it. I just haven't had the time to sit down and do it. Thus, the audiobook. So Developing Female Leaders is by Katie Cole, and it is a book that has been written from or by a woman for anyone in leadership, ministry or otherwise, who have a strong desire, and maybe they don't have a desire, but they they want to be better at it, to develop female leaders. And I have found so far that it is just so, 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 so good. She has served um, in church leadership and been a part of training church leadership and so her her voice doesn't come from inexperience but um but from experience and um this book just really helps give you practical ways that you can strategize to uh, be intentional about church and organizational leaders creating a culture that is encouraging and inviting um, for women to step in to lead roles and to grow. And uh, throughout the book, she interviews other women and hears their experiences and shares their experiences. And um, I'm just really enjoying it. Actually, it'll be quite the surprise to my staff because I would love my staff to read it. And my staff, paid staff is uh ministry wise anyway is my dad who is our associate pastor and um, my good friend who's like a brother to me who is our administrative pastor both are wonderful and encouraging women um in ministry uh i think that speaks for itself because they're willing to serve under a woman even my dad (laughs) um But it's just, it's really good. And we have some young ladies in our church and not so young ladies in our church who would like to pursue leadership in some capacity. And I want to encourage them. So that is um, on that one. And again, that is one that I have going on right now. I also uh, did Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly and wow, Jess takes the culture that we live in and and how we look at ourselves and others and kind of turns it on our heels. And I love her approach to it. It's not about like accepting unhealth and not, not you know, don't be willing to recognize if your body needs needs help. Um, It's actually the exact opposite, but it's also, if you wouldn't allow someone to sit next to you and talk about somebody walking down the street a certain way, then why do you talk about yourself that way? Um, And also that regardless of what you currently feel like you look like, you you are a child of God and he created you with intentionality and with purpose. And so, yes, we need to be good stewards of our bodies and our health, but we also need to love ourselves right where we're at 
and love others right where they're at and let the Holy Spirit take the rest of it, but break free from the body shame. If you want to wear the dress, wear the dress. If you want to wear the swimsuit, wear the swimsuit. Um, she doesn't, you know, go into, it's okay to be immodest. And I know that's a whole can of worms that I could have a whole conversation on and probably should have a conversation on with somebody. Um, I'm not talking about what has been labeled and has been deemed this like bad word in our culture as far as what they call purity culture. But modesty is not something that is that should be taboo. Um, and I think to a degree, modesty is a little bit relative. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other topic and a whole other subject for another day. But breaking free from body shame, especially women, but I know women are not the only ones who struggle with body image and the the internal thoughts about what we look like. I know, I know that there are men who struggle with this as well. It is a phenomenal book. It's actually one that I think would be wonderful for teenage girls, for young adults, and then all the way up. I just think it's wonderful. Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly. Another one I read is called Let's Start Again by Alex and Angela Bryant. And yo. I had heard of Alex Bryant years ago. Um, he's been around the Assemblies of God for a while. Um, and, but I didn't know a lot about him, but I knew of him. And in the last couple of years, he and his wife, um, who are a biracial couple, have stepped into a ministry of reconciliation. And I know that there are some people in my circle, and maybe you're even listening who automatically want to tune me out right now because I'm talking about that. Um, but please don't. Um, Alex and Angela's perspective and approach is from being a biracial couple, but it's on their, their, their perspective and their view is, and their book um, is about race, racial ignorance, racial insensitivity, and how you can be racially ignorant or racially insensitive and not be racist. There's just a lack of understanding of what is what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, what is appropriate, what's not appropriate, and um, just a, sm a, a, a worldview that's a little bit smaller. I know for me several years ago, what I realized was not that I was racist at all, but that I had holes in my worldview um, because of how I was raised. And what I mean is like my mom and dad did a really good job of raising us that it wasn't that we didn't see color. I had people of color in my life, my whole life, people of color, people of different ability or disabilities. And um, my mom and dad just taught us to love people. And I think because of that, I, I missed just how hard it was how hard it is for some people in this world. And I really appreciate um, Alex and Angela's approach. I really appreciate their book. They also have a podcast called The Way We See It. Um, and the book reads like they talk on The Way We See It. And I also did the audio book. Um, and it sounds like listening to an episode of The Way We See It. So um, anyway, Let's Start Again by Alex and Angela Bryant. Look them up. Um, 
Alex Bryant Ministries. They're all over social media. Um, check them out. Okay. Um, I read Jackie Hill Perry's newest book, Holier Than Thou. Wow. What a challenging book on biblical holiness and pursuing biblical holiness and living holiness. Um, get it. Get it. <laughs> get Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. Another one I did that I actually blogged about um, is called Speak Love by Annie F. Downs. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, if you are in my real life circle, if you've read my blog, then you know how much I love Annie F. Downs. Um, she's the friend I haven't met yet is how I like to describe her. Um, Cause I listen to her podcast three days a week. Uh, I've read many of her books, but speak love caught my attention. And so I did the audiobook. and what I quickly discovered in reading the audiobook this summer is that it's actually geared more towards girls. It's actually geared more towards um, like teenage girls. And um, I, I've actually recommended it to quite a few people, even our own youth leaders in our church, that it would, it's something that would be worth taking a small group of girls through. Um, Rather than just try to really make sure I get it all to you, I just want to read the summary through funny stories, scripture, and a speak love revolution challenge that could help you change the lives of every person you see, tweet, or message for the better. Best-selling author Annie F. Downs explores the difference you can make when you speak love to others, to God, and to yourself. And so there are um, there is an expanded version of this book that um, includes a prayer journal uh, or a prayer a day journal prompts. Um, and things like that, plus a 30-day devotional to go along with it. Um, but she does not hold back and basically says that if you're using words to do anything but but speak love in life, you're sinning and um, you need to get it together. And I don't know about you, but I think we all could benefit from that message, but our younger generations just really walk in um, a false liberty of say whatever I want. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter if it hurts your feelings. It's how I feel. It's what I see. It's what I think. So I'm just going to say it and you have to deal with it. That's like what these younger generations kind of walk around um, with that attitude and that mentality. And that is just completely against scripture. And Annie kind of brings that out. And even from her own experiences, shares how she she did not speak love as a teenager to friends, uh, to classmates, to her own sister. And I just find it very, very um, helpful, a helpful tool, especially for those who who work with young people, whether uh, that's, I mean, I guess specifically youth ministry, because it does definitely rest on faith, but also um, just in general, you know? Uh, so Speak Love by Annie F. Downs. A book that I started last year, and again, did the audio, um, but it's so 
full of things to think about and implement and roll around in my head um, that I would listen to a little bit of it. And I probably wouldn't pick it up sometimes for weeks at a time um, because I just was thinking about it all. And I finally finished it this summer and it is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, I have learned in the past few years how crucial rest is. And I know, I grew up in church. I know what the Bible says. I know the commandment that says to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I know that. But our culture screams that we need to go, go, go. If we want to become anything, if we want to do anything worth doing, then we just have to go. We have to keep pushing. We've got, you know, and in an American culture, it's pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move forward. And God's culture actually tells us the opposite. God's culture says if you want to do all of those things, you have to make sure you remember to rest. And so I really enjoyed the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and it's helped me format and formulate my approach to what Sabbath looks like um, and how I honor God with a Sabbath that that is conducive to being a parent and in ministry. Um, you know, I know scripture says to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Um, and I think that at, at, ground zero, the value of that is very true. Um, I also think that um, if you're in ministry, especially if you're a, a lead pastor or a teaching pastor, your Sundays are not off. And um, it's not a day of rest whatsoever. I probably work as hard just on Sunday morning as I do most any weekday. And so I've had to be very intentional about finding a day in my week that is my Sabbath. And I, I give myself grace. This isn't something that I've perfected, but it is something that I'm practicing. And I'm trying to set a good example for my kids. And I'm trying to set a good example for those I'm leading so that they can see that this, this rest thing, this Sabbathing is practice over perfect. And it's for our benefit. Jesus said that that man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for the man. And so John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Eliminate, Elimination of Hurry, kind of helps refocus all of that and helps us look at it in a different perspective. Okay, so then I also read Christine Kane's newest book, How Did I Get Here? Holy moly. If you are struggling with possibly being burnt out or just going through the motions of life, your job, your ministry, um, if you're wondering if it's worth it, then pick up How Did I Get Here by Christine Kane. I think what struck me was uh, my personality tends to feel bad if I think I'm not doing what I think I ought to do. Um, okay, so that just totally reminded me of the scripture where Paul said, the things I want to do, I do not do, but the things I don't do, I do. Um <laughs> But if a powerhouse leader who leads the global church in, um, in areas of justice and stewarding our walk with Christ and discipleship and reaching the lost, if, if Christine Kane feels like she's burning out and if she's done, 
then, oh my gosh, why are any of us shocked when we have those days and feel that way? So I feel like How Did I Get Here by Christine Kane was a book that she was very open and vulnerable, but it reminded me that I am just a human being. (laughs) And while there are seasons of life that I do need to push harder, um, I need to be so cautious that I don't burn out because God's got me for the long haul. And that this life is not a marathon or is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. And so pacing myself is, is necessary. Pacing yourself is necessary. So that one is How Did I Get Here by Christine Kane. At the beginning of summer, probably the first book that I read this summer um, is a book on church leadership. So this one would very specifically be for um, pastors, board members or church leaders, elders, deacons. Um, it's called The Church That Works, and it's by Rick DeBose and Mel Surface. Uh, Pastor Rick DeBose um, is currently the um, Assistant General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God here in the United States, um, and he has led churches, and he was also the District Superintendent in uh, Texas before he became, wow, that's going to be convoluted. Um, before he became the the uh, general treasurer, and then uh, two years ago became the the assistant general superintendent. So, the church that works is just really the biblical um, standpoint on what it means um, for the fivefold ministry, which is that he gave some to be apostles, teachers, prophets, evangelists, preachers. I didn't say that in order, but he breaks them down in order of how scripture mentions them and the role in the place of each of them. And then talks about the role of deacons or board members because they're not listed in that same, in that same uh, list of those God, God calls and appoints. And so he talks about the differences between them all and how it works together to have a church that actually works effectively in this world to be the kingdom impacting witness that it's supposed to be. So those are the books that I read this summer. Um, than the two that I'm reading right now. And then I thought I'd tell you the ones that I have on deck. Um, I have on deck uh, one that a Illinois pastor has written and uh, got a copy of it from him. And I'm so excited to have it. It's on my desk waiting for me to write. It's not a very long book. It looks very easy to read, Um, but it is called Journey to Significance navigating roadblocks and celebrating milestones by greg white um and uh it's the book is to challenge us to think again of life as a long road not um just a short journey but as like a cross-country type of a journey um and and the significance we find on that road because No matter what kind of a path we're on, we're all going to face discouragement. We're all going to face roadblocks. Um, We're all going to have delays in in the timing that we thought things would happen. Um, And so uh, there's that. And what I think is really cool is if you get the book, um, he has a free downloadable workbook, like a student guide to go along with it. So I'm looking forward to Journey to Significance. Um, Another one that I have is by another Illinois pastor. She is an evangelist, uh, Dr. Christy Limley. She is, her ministry is called Living in the Light. So you can look her up on social media and find her. 
Um, but she is a revivalist. Her heart is to bring as to uh, be a catalyst for revival. And so she has a book called Ablaze, and that's on my list. Um, it's Ablaze's uh, book about preparing your heart for revival. And she's releasing a brand new book next month on October 1st called Transformed. Um, and so again, very cool that like, I know these people, I know these people and they're writing books cause they're so smart and they love the Lord so much. And they just want to share what God is speaking to them for others to grow and learn as well. Um, and then the third book on my list, um, is called the hard good. And it actually, um, I think it did just release last week, I think. Um, I'm sorry, two, two weeks ago, I guess, September 7th. Um, and it's called the hard good and it's by Lisa Whittle. Um, and it, the, 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 the tagline of the book is showing up for God to work in you when you want to shut down. I don't know if you see a pattern in any of my things, but, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to, to this one as well. Um, and, uh, when I was listening to her being interviewed by Annie F. Downs right before the book released, um, she used that phrase, the hard good. And I thought, man, that, that is powerful. And it's why I, it's why I, I have the book on my list because sometimes we go through hard experiences and we want nothing more than for those hard experiences to be over. But sometimes the greatest good comes from the hard. And I, I just love the phrase, the hard good. Like using that instead of saying, well, I'm in a trial or um, I'm, I feel like I'm being attacked or whatever, which not that those things aren't very real. They very, very, very much are. But how we focus our mind, I think, helps us navigate. And so thinking of it as like, I'm in a really hard season, but God is good. And so this is going to be known as the hard good. Um, so those are <laughs> my summer reading, my current reads, and my upcoming reads. I would love to know what you're reading. I would love to know what you're going through, what you're reading. Um, or if you have any recommendations. So if you follow me on social media and you see the post about this episode, then comment with what you're reading. You can also go to the show notes and find a link to send me a message with what you're reading. And then um, I have a page on my, on my blog, that's the podcast, and you can comment on that as well. So... Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Preacher Chick. Um, and uh, as always, it really would mean the world to me if you would rate or review this, this podcast, um, if you would subscribe to it. But even more than all of that, um, which I greatly appreciate because it helps, um, if you just take the time to share the link on your own social media with a friend, with a family member that you think it would encourage, um, that, that just speaks volumes for me and how much you trust me and my voice. So again, I hope you guys have a great week. Happy reading. And I can't wait to hear what you're reading. Bye.